Oh, you can take me now to Bondi Junction, where celebrations are in full swing, and Ticketek, they are heaving out the doors, trying to buy tickets for the grand final, because the Sydney Roosters are a team on the move in the Premiership. G'day, Matty Russell. It's great to be back once again, for you can take me now. I have seen it all. And Latrell Mitchell has put the doodle back in the rooster's dandy. He certainly has. I love that turn of phrase, boys. 92 points in two weeks, the roosters. 56 on Manly, 36 on St George Illawarra. This time last week, we said, did the Sea Eagles play the roosters back into attacking form? Well, 36 points against a top four team in St George Illawarra would suggest so. And I ask you, who is your player, your player of round 20? I think I've already mentioned him. Latrell Mitchell has become, I think, what Benji Marshall was during the mid-noughties when, if you were catching in those terms, noughties, the noughties, mm. um, you know, 2004, 2005, 2006, Benji revolutionised the game and became, you know, much more than a cult figure. He was a huge superstar in the NRL. And I think Latrell Mitchell now is reaching that potential. Yesterday... I didn't see him do the kangaroo ears after a try, but there are kids in the crowd doing the kangaroo ears celebration whenever he scores a try. And talking to Lara Pitt, um, of course, our Fox Sports colleague and um, sideline reporter yesterday at the game, she was talking to Latrell's um, family after the game, and she said the hundreds of kids and people hanging around the sideline because he was quite obviously, given what he's done, scores a hat-trick. Um, he's got media commitments with various um, networks and radio stations and journos after the game. They all want a little piece of the newest superstar in the game. And she said the hundreds of people hanging around near the tunnel at Allianz Stadium waiting to get a chance to speak or just get a high five or a something, a selfie with Luttrell. It's taken on, I think, Benji Marshall proportions. I, I agree. Great to watch yesterday. For me, it was AJ Brimson. I sat in that Gold Coast warmth on the sideline yesterday and thoroughly enjoyed watching AJ Brimson do what he's done since making his debut this season, mid-season. A couple of goal-line tackles on much bigger Warriors that were absolutely fearless and fantastic to save tries. So you tick that box where Kane LG had some struggles. In comes AJ Brimson at 19 years of age and defends fantastically, backs it up with a try, complete with juggle, mid-run to keep control of the ball, and then the try assist, knowing full well that by pushing the ball on to Philip Sammy, he was exposed to David Fusatua. No thought for self-preservation. He does what the team need, bats it on, and sure enough, gets whacked, gets back up, and he finishes with... Two or three try-saving tackles, a try, a try-assist, and a really rugged performance as part of this next generation at the Gold Coast Titans, which has Garth Brennan and the club excited. AJ Brimson, Latrell Mitchell, just two reasons to hashtag was... Be cheerful. Exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, been good to see it getting a run. Last week, um, with you know, such a pall, uh, you know, this, this air of gloom and doom hanging over the NRL you know, media world and all the chat, whether it's social media or just in the papers or on TV, it's hard to escape at the moment, I think, anyway, this overall feeling that the NRL is a hapless joke of Keystone Cops running around with no clue as to what they're doing and the referees are in the same boat and, the, you know, the league is going to die within 15 years. And it's, you know, like the, the more you talk about it, the more it becomes a self-fulfilling pro you know, mm. prophecy. Mm. And there is so much good done by, yes, the NRL administration and the clubs and the players. 
And I know we pay lip service to that at times, and we're coming up to a situation where the Ken Stevens medal will be awarded to a player who's done, in the eyes of the judges, the most for the community in the past 12 months. I saw Cameron King from the Parramatta Eels was nominated as their Ken Stephen uh, medalist finalist for the, um, the award this year. There is so much good that's done. I think sometimes it's just too easy to forget how much good is done and how much entertainment what we saw over the weekend provides to the fans. I mean, some of the action was sublime. Mm. You know, Latrell Mitchell, AJ Brimson, as you mentioned. Um, Melbourne put on a, a great show for their fans and the viewers on Fox League on Saturday night down there at Amy Park. I could go through all of the games and find great. Lachlan Lewis was a real hit for the Bulldogs in their win against the Tigers on Friday night. I think sometimes it's just too easy to forget how much fun, how much joy the players and the game brings to the rugby league community as a whole. And just to underline it, you're not saying that we don't want the referees to be better. We want to help them be better. You're not saying that crowds are good. We want to make sure the 6,000 at Brookvale is 12 and 18, etc., etc. Sure. But while we acknowledge those problems and work towards fixing them, we also have to say, big picture, maybe the picture ain't as bad as we're all making out it is sometimes. So I'm sitting there last week and all of this is happening and I was just thinking about, you know, what the games that I had coming up and other reasons that, you know, that things aren't as bad as they seem. And I thought I'm just going to fire out a couple of tweets here, as you do. I'm sitting there doing prep. I'm watching games at home on Wednesday and Thursday, um, getting ready for the Dogs and the Tigers and then the Storm and the Raiders, the two games I called over the weekend. And I thought, you know, there are lots of reasons to be cheerful about that. And I thought, reasons to be cheerful, that might you know, catch on in my little Twitter world, so I've fired out a couple of tweets. Hashtag reasons to be cheerful. I think there are great reasons to be cheerful. Now, of course, I had a couple of people come back and say, oh, that's terrific, mate. Great from the, straight from the Todd Greenberg playbook of, mm. you know, hashtag talk the game up. You know, and hashtag talk the game up gets bashed by people who think it's just a, it's a fake thing that, you know, trying to create a, a mood around the league that doesn't exist at the moment. Well, you know, hashtag talk the game up only came about because Phil Rothfield, one of the leading figures in the media side of the game, said one night after watching a pretty ordinary game or whatever the result was, uh, rugby league is now a shit game. And he quickly rescinded that, you know, in the, in the days following. But it set a tone. And then the knee-jerk reaction, I guess, or, you know, the reaction from the league, and as we've said in this podcast on the, in the past, if there wasn't a reaction from the league, you'd be concerned, wouldn't you? When somebody like that says what he said... If there wasn't a reaction from somebody in power involving the NRL, you'd be really concerned. And so if you want to couch it that, you know, hashtag reasons to be cheerful is just, you know, talk the game up in another guise, well then, fair enough. I don't care. I think there are lots of reasons to be cheerful about rugby league. And I know there's issues. You know, 6,000 people watching the Seagulls on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Well, you know, it's a bit of a death slot. Let's, let's talk about it in real terms in regards to 3 o'clock, getting people to a game on a Saturday afternoon is a tough, tough sell. And the Seagulls, I think, are averaging nine... Or they're, you know, they're averaging more than that because they took a home game to Suncorp Stadium yep. and played the Broncos up there and beat the Broncos. Now, you can give the NRL a bit of a touch-up about this because but there were two games that night and both games have been recorded as having the yeah, same crowd, yeah, yeah. whatever the total crowd was. So the Seagulls' average crowd figures are distorted by that one game. Now, they took a home game. You can count it if you want, but the reality is at Brookvale Oval, they're probably averaging about 8,000 people per game this season. I think they've had two games over 10,000. So they've got issues in themselves.
that is an indicative in itself of what's happening to the NRL as a whole. Yeah, uh, well said. And don't forget that Manly were beaten badly the week before, gave up 56 points. So the fans who were there a week early, I don't think they were hurrying back to watch Penrith supposedly do a job on them, which they ultimately did just. But when it comes to the fans, I heard a story about a lot of Penrith travellers leaving the ground, going across to the Brookvale Hotel <laughs> and seeing the comeback start. One try became two tries. Oh, we better get back over there. So they had to go back over and catch the, the thrilling end. But, do you know who was yeah. on their heels getting to the Brookvale Hotel? Uh, yeah, T. Barrett. Trent Barrett. Because as <laughs> I, I said in another that. tweet, the, uh, yes. the, the staff at the drive through bottle shop had yeah. to clear an express lane for Trent to come screaming in, pull up, grab whatever his favourite alcoholic drink was, and then take it home and get stuck into it because, boy. Yeah. I mean, fancy Poor watching Trent. that. I mean, they were never going to lose that game. I, I still can't believe they lost that game. So they've given up that 56 points. That was a you-can-take-me-now, yeah. I've seen it all moment, wasn't it? It was, it was. In the space of two weeks, Trent has had to sit through an absolute massacre where his team didn't turn up, and then losing the unlosable game with that sort of lead, the life of the head coach. But, but when it comes to teams on a slippery slope, we'll get to the Warriors and St George Illawarra in a moment. Did that win by Penrith just uh, mask over the cracks? Because they, they're not in a, a great spot, and if they concede that sort of start or play like that for the majority of a game against a Melbourne or a Roosters right now, they don't come back to win. So does that win by Penrith just, um, you know, as I said, wallpaper over some cracks? Well, uh, you know, there might be a few teams in the same boat potentially because you've got the Panthers. Their form is iffy. They've won two of their last six. Now, of course, this includes the origin period where they had players missing. Um, the Dragons have now won two of their last, oh, sorry, one of their last four mm. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, while they have more wins, quite obviously, than the Panthers or the Dragons in recent times, their form suddenly, that loss to the Tigers, and then coming home some way to get over the top of the Eels when they look also destined to lose that game. The form line for those two teams, and you know, going back to the midpoint of the season, they were first, second and third, respectively, on the table. Off the back of Origin, they've all had players involved, they haven't been the same teams. No. And is, is it, you know, the, the post-Origin malaise, the effort, both mentally and physically, of having players involved in Origin and then having to come back? And when you come back from Origin, you've still got two months of the season to go. You've got eight weeks to play. And that month between Origin and then that final four or so games of the season probably seems like an eternity. And they're probably, I think there's probably a real case to be made that some of them are just in a mode where they're like you know what, well, we know we're going to be in the finals and sure we want to finish in the top two, but having done all they've done so far this season, put themselves in good positions through the opening half of the season and you, you, know, you go through the Panthers, Dragons and Rabbitohs on the sheet in front of me, it's just W's everywhere in that first half of the season. They had you know, very few wins between the three of them, uh, very few losses rather between the three of them. It might be really hard, for, I think, for those players coming back to really keep cranking it over and just putting in that sort of effort that you need mm. to grind out those wins when sometimes you're not quite at your best. I think they'll get back to their best. They'll have players returning from injury. The Panthers will get stronger. Regan Campbell-Gillard is coming back. I think he has been a big loss. The yeah. energy he brings. Huge. The speed Huge that loss. he brings to that forward pack. I think, you know, Maloney, he's been playing quite obviously with a toe injury, it would seem, at the moment. That can be a concern because those toe injuries, while they seem innocuous, can be debilitating and it might be something that he carries now until the end of their you know, last game, whenever that may be, some stage 
in September. The Rabbitohs have been playing without Greg Inglis. He will come back. He will make a difference just his presence. We saw what he did for Queensland in origin. They will get better as well. So there's been a bit of a lull and a downturn in form for both the Panthers, the Dragons, and also the Rabbitohs. I think they'll get back to somewhere near their best before we get to the finals or maybe at the finals. I don't think it's still. I don't think it's now what is being portrayed as a two-horse race between the Storm and the Roosters. Running under a strong hole, I think, is your description. Once they spot the finishing post, they'll reach for the whip and go, go, go. go. Yeah, don't go before the clock tower. Greg uh, Inglis back round 23 against Brisbane, but uh, a couple of clubs that are on this slippery slope, you're calling them on Saturday in the gong. They're head-to-head, and I was intrigued watching them yesterday, knowing this Wollongong clash was coming up. Both of them are beaten. Both of them give up 36 points. Both of them will be desperate. It's a pressure game for both of them. What a game to start Super Saturday on Fox League. I know we're jumping ahead now to look at a game coming up, but your calling it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Warriors are staying in Australia. They're taking it really seriously to avoid that trip to and from New Zealand in a quick space of time. So I'm intrigued by this game. I, I really am. Who, who is going to win that game? I'll start with the Dragons because what happened yesterday wasn't great, quite obviously. And they, as we said, they've lost three of their last four. If I'm Paul McGregor... I don't know what happened this morning down there in Wollongong. I'm, I'm assuming they still have a recovery session the morning yeah. after, whether it's been going for a, you know, a dip in the ocean down there. It's, the weather's been glorious along yeah. the New South Wales coastline and the east coast has been bathed in sunshine for weeks and weeks. The, the water will be cool, but that'll be perfect for a little bit of 32 degrees in Wollongong this morning was, and the water temperature about 21. Is that right? <laughs> You're fair dick. Fair dick. You, 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 you gong types. Wollongongonian. Uh, whatever the temperature of the water is, it'll be more like about 16 degrees, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to suggest, or maybe a little bit colder. Good for recuperation-wise. It'll be perfect yeah. for a little bit of uh, rehab this morning. And the moment they get out of the water, if I'm Paul McGregor, I'm putting Gareth Widdop in a headlock and I'm marching him. I'm frog marching him. <laughs> yes, I know where you're going. In his sluggos. <laughs> he can put a towel on if he wants, but he, in his sluggos at minimum. And I'm frog marching him down to the nearest barber. And I'm saying to him, mate, here's 50 bucks. Gaffer tape him to the chair and get rid of that ridiculous Billy Idol hairdo because that hasn't helped. Justin Bieber. Don't worry about Billy Idol. Oh, looks Bieber like Justin or, Bieber. I don't care who Bronsky he is. Bronsky or someone. That, mate, the moment <laughs> you go and do that, you are courting disaster. Yeah. We know that, don't we? Yeah. It's almost Changer and his white boots yeah. from the 75 grand final. You must it, be bold. It, it's, it's of that ilk for mine. You can't go and do that. The team is travelling nicely. You've got jet black hair and suddenly you turn out looking like Shane Dye <laughs> riding on uh, top of Viander Cross with bloody blonde hair. We'll, we'll what is be... going on? Get rid of the blonde hair, and I guarantee you the Dragons' form will turn around. Was blow-up coming? We will sound like old fuddy-duddies was, you know, scared to part our hair slightly left of where it currently is or right of where it currently is. But I admire the boldness and the confidence you must have to do that when you know you're going to be parading on a sporting arena that's going to be shown around the country. But, yeah, in hindsight, let's go back to... It so surprised that, me when it happened, put it that way. Well, that, I didn't, exactly I didn't right. think Gareth Widdett was that sort of bloke. And I'm, you know, taking the mickey a little bit, but let's think about it. So w- whether it was his wife who said, I'm going to dye your hair blonde or whatever, or he goes and does it of his own volition... He goes and does it, and then he turns up to training. Now, what do you think psychologically is happening the first time he turns up to training? He's thinking, what are all the boys going to say about this? I'm going to cop it, 
aren't I? So he's not thinking about training that day, you're meaning? Well, he's, got, he's preoccupied. Yeah. He's preoccupied that very first day of training. And so everyone has a bit of a crack at him, order because that's what happens. Yeah, I've, he's not turning up, and nobody the first mentions day was. It. it. It's on, it's on, and I guarantee you, at some point, one of the players, if not Paul McGregor, will say, "Mate, you know, yeah. it hasn't been great. We haven't been very good, and your form hasn't been exactly sparkling. It's been nothing his like it has. was. His hair's been sparkling, but his form hasn't been as it yeah. was when they're racking up all those W's in the first half of the season." And at some point, I guarantee you, it, in each day, he thinks about the fact that he can't help but look in the mirror. He sees himself with blonde hair. It's a distraction. Get rid of it. Just get back to being able to focus, not being having this anxiety about what the boys are going to say, and just focus on playing footy. And I know it seems like a ridiculous old fuddy-duddy, get-off-my-lawn type of attitude, but at the heart of it, subconsciously, it can't help but change his mindset in some small capacity. Worked for Shane Heal, but hasn't worked for Gareth Woodard. Peroxide gate. No, what about the discussion? Well, that's the thing. You've, around... got to, you've got to be of a certain personality to be able to cope mm. with it. Now, Shane the Hammer Heal, who we both yes. know very well, played with that sort of peroxide and blonde hair throughout his entire career. He was bigger than his six-foot-two frame would suggest, wasn't he? Yep. The way he yeah. played the game, 100%. the way he chested up to Charles Barkley mm. and wasn't going to take anything from one of the superstars of the yep. Dream Team back in the early 90s. He's like, I don't care who you are, I'm going to take you down. There was a fair bit of banter and rooster. He was a very chesty type of player, confident player, knocking down threes from everywhere. Now, I don't know Gareth Whitt really at all, but he doesn't strike me as that type of personality. And if you're going to go and do that, you've got to be able to bring it to the table, not just with your hair, but with your mindset, with your, with your body mannerisms. I don't think Gareth Whitt is that sort of type of player. Well, m- maybe not. And, and this has sparked something. We need to have an inquiry. Jeff Tuvey needs to head an inquiry into players who have dyed their hair and how they've performed subsequently. Like or Nelson, Andrew Johns. Nelson Asifa Solomona. There's another one. You go on and on and on. I reckon Todd Carney did it at times as well. That probably didn't end too well. I reckon Craig Bellamy probably copped it for a couple of weeks with Asifa Solomona. Yeah. But eventually he probably it's, went... He's back now. He's yeah, black, that's right. Yeah. He's back to, you know, <laughs> jet black hair or whatever, you know, natural colour it is. But there is a litany of people who have dyed their hair for whatever insane reason mid, mid-season and it didn't work for them. And Andrew Johns on now. I know we bring that yeah, out. It's yeah. been retro rounds, so yeah. we've seen plenty red. of Joey with the red hair. At Brookvale, he had an absolute Barry Crocker. <laughs> Shanking kicks out on the full. Yeah. He couldn't pass the ball. And again, I tell you, it was because why? He was preoccupied. He had anxiety about what everybody was thinking, what they were saying. He wasn't focused on his footy. And it portrayed itself with that performance at Brookvale that day. Right, we've got it. I will be stunned, absolutely stunned, if Gareth Woodup turns up on Saturday and he still has some version of this hairdo. I'm guaranteeing you it has, <laughs> has to be gone by Saturday. Okay. I want okay. somebody, I want one of the Fox League journos to be down there. We want to stake out. I'm watching as we he runs out to hear your commentary was. barber shops <laughs> in Wollongong, close to the stadium, close to HQ, and seeing the moment. Because that would be a story, wouldn't well, it? You know what I would do was, if I'm listening to this podcast, as Gareth Widdop undoubtedly does, I'm going, you know what I'm doing? I'm dyeing my hair red. And I'm running on from blonde to red. And as I run on, I'm looking up at your commentary box waving and laughing. Oh, that'd be fantastic. And the moment he threw a bad pass, 
I'd be into him for the rent, yes, wouldn't yeah. I? No, if I'm working for the yeah. Illawarra Mercury, if I'm a journo down there looking for, I think a, got some looking for a story and looking <laughs> looking for you know some a different story, a bit of a tangent, yeah. get you, make yourself a bit of a bit of a name for yourself and bring Tim something Barrow. to the table a bit different. Yeah. Whoever it is, I'm hanging around the Dragons HQ and I'm hanging around barber shops, or I'm going to Gareth's wife, knocking on the door and saying. Are you dying his hair today? Because <laughs> yeah, I want that first shot of him walking out the door or walking out of training with his normal hair restored. Well, that means that you would also adhere to the theory that the reason the Burgess boys are having their best season in terms of error rate, fewest, is because George grew his hair and we can now differentiate and they don't both cop the same rap. True? Yeah, well, we've discussed this before. <laughs> True. I know this is a theory hair, doing Hair the obviously plays a huge role How's in that success going? or failure of players. How's that going in the last couple of weeks for the, well, for the Burgess I, Brothers? Well, I had a look. I had a look before this game. And you know what? They are both making the fewest errors this season of any no. of their NRL seasons. Although they cop, there was one on the weekend. Their hair, though, is still their natural colour. Yeah. Yes, there it is. One's long, one's short. It's a bit longer. Short. I think yeah. the anxiety levels <laughs> and that self-preoccupation between having you know a normal haircut and a, a little bit longer as George has had for... You know, six, eight weeks now, Thank whatever goodness, it is. By the way. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And if the Morris twins are yep. listening to this one, <laughs> yeah. boys, no more same white boots as it was on Friday night against the Tigers. I, I got them mixed up once. Well, it won't be a problem next year, was. No, that's right. Sharks and roosters, they'll yeah. be splitting up. Um, and as we said during the coverage, that's only a good thing as far as commentators yeah. are concerned. They had a green boot and a white boot. At a time, yeah, one was wearing one like of those aquary sort of tealy okay. coloured sort of boots, and and you know I can't maybe there's a colour for Gareth Brett. Whittem. Teal this week. Teal. Well, honestly, <laughs> something has to happen. Uh, can, can I just go off a quick tangent? Go. We finished uh, with that. Hall and Morris to the Roosters in 2019. Ryan Hall, the decorated Englishman, is a 30 year old now. Brett Morris, we know what a finisher he's been. Uh, Daniel Tupo, what's he thinking? They lose Blake Ferguson to Parramatta. But round one, 2019, I'm just trying to work out how all the pieces are going to fit in this backline puzzle. Getting way ahead of myself, I've got a thrilling finals campaign to endure yet, but that signing just picked my interest last yeah, week. Yeah, I, you know, it's just good backup. I mean, Craig Bellamy at the moment with the Melbourne Storm has stocked once again yeah. their forward reserves. He's picked up Albert Vette from the Warriors, and you go through the players who he didn't have to pick in his 17 um, for that game, and he's, of course, Sam Cassiano isn't available at the moment. He's out with, you know, for the rest of the season with an injury. So, I mean, they have got forwards um, out the Yazoo, yeah. uh, to use a colloquial term, <laughs> and it's. I think coaches just do it. I mean, it's a, it's a good move to for next going into next season. They've lost Ferguson. We need an outside, experienced outside back, somebody who you know, and we got two. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, yeah. I think it just works from their point of view. Um, you know what you're going to get. There's no surprises. It's not like throwing a rookie out there and wondering how he might handle things in the NRL. Oh, it's a good move from the Roosters. And, and another little They have shoot. bigger fish to fry at the moment. They, they do. They do. So we'll quickly move on. You mentioned the Ken Stephen medal. I love that. You know, decorating and awarding, acknowledging, celebrating players who give back to the community. I'll get on my high horse again. Was it if... if if Vossi can get rid of corner flags, we can get the Ken Irvine medal minted. At some stage, the leading try scorer yep. in the NRL on Dallium night, if it's 1, 2 or 10, you get them on stage, you give them all the Ken Irvine medal and you retire as a five-time Ken Irvine medalist or a four-time like the Coleman in the AFL because we've got a great race again. Valentine Holmes, Robert Jennings leading the way with 17. Just behind them, uh, David Fusatua and Josh Adokar, the yep. Fox. Um, so, <clears throat> a great battle again. And David Fusatua takes me back to the Warriors. You've spoken about the Dragons and the need to change hair colour for Gareth Widdop. Sitting sideline 
on the Gold Coast yesterday, I was watching the Warriors and they looked flat, disinterested, tired, heavy leg. Game was on the line, top four calling their name, and it was as if they didn't want to be there. They conceded 28 points to nil in the second half. And to me, that, that's haunting me this weekend in terms of even going near suggesting they can beat St George Illawarra. On their body language alone, yes, it was warm, 24 degrees, but if you're telling me that sat the Warriors, please. Yeah. There's much hotter days to come for the Warriors, especially if they don't start winning. But, but I would lean heavily towards St George Illawarra in Gong on the back of that second half disgrace from the Warriors yesterday. You know what? They won their first five games of the season to set up their season. Since then, six wins, eight losses in inconsistent fashion. Week on, week off, week on, week off. So I would argue the real Warriors are actually back. They've re-emerged, and you might be right. I, mean, I think their team and their chances rest solely on the, the health of the shoulder of Isaac Luke. Mm. When he's in the team, they are a different team. They're certainly a better team. They've got m- many more points in them than they do when he's missing. Um, if he's playing this week, you'd like to think he, for their hope, as far as their fans are concerned, that he's back to take on the Dragons. And if he's back then then they're a very real chance yeah. to the Dragons form this week. You'd expect there'd be a bounce back from the Dragons. Um, but if Isaac Luke's on deck, then suddenly just, you know, like what they do in attack helps their defence. Now, their defence is just awful at times. Mm. Yeah, the, the middle third especially, just they get beaten off. They can't get off the ground in time to get the marker. They had, you know, the Titans are jumping at a dummy half, you know, causing mm. havoc in that second half in particular yesterday. Um, and their middle third just collapses on their own goal line. They just leak points badly through the middle third. Um, but Isaac Luke, if he, given what he does and the fact that they can get repeat sets of little grubbers in behind the line at the other end of the field, that helps them defensively as well. So it's not just what he brings to the attack. It's what, he, what the attack actually helps out with yes. their defence at the other end. They're not using up as much gas, you know, potentially. So I think if he's back this week, Plus um, Torhu Harris. Torhu Harris has Adam been a, Blair. a huge loss. Adam Blair is a big loss in the middle, speaking yeah. of that, that middle third defence now. He's obviously a very slow learner as a footballer. <laughs> I don't know Adam off the field. Is it a 13th season for Adam? More. He's been around he's a long time. He's been around long a time. long time. Um, a lot of big games too. And Melbourne. from all reports, great clubman, terrific mm. bloke. And he his efforts, like when he, when he just focuses on his footy, mm. um, what he brings to a team <clears> is remarkable. But he can't get past the fact that at some point he's going to jump out of the line and whack a bloke in the back three seconds after he's passed the ball. Adam, Adam, you've done it a number of times this season, and if you get done again, it's a bit like Sam Burgess, the multiplication factor is off the charts, and you'll be missing for weeks, not just one, it'll be three, then four, The Warriors need you, Adam. So don't go and do anything stupid. Mm. Just, Just control that urge to jump out of the line and whack that playmaker or that forward who's getting the first receiver and putting on that little tip-on pass. You can't put him on the ground after he's passed the ball, hitting him in the, hitting him in the back, yeah. as you've done a number of times this season. Mate, control that urge. Stay on the field because your team, as you said, they need you. So um, we'll jump ahead to giving a tip for this game. I'm going to say the Dragons, yeah. but 
I think it might be a lot closer than people expect. Well, was I envy you being there because it'll be big if, game for the, both teams. If the weather is any indication at the moment, it'll be a bright sunny day in the goal. There'll yep. be a good crowd in that family friendly three o'clock slot. They love getting out and supporting St George, Illawarra, and 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 it, really both teams should be desperate. They should be energised. It should be a belter. I'll, I'll lean towards the home team. How's the breathing going for the Warriors? Uh, well, last time I checked it, it, it wasn't working because twenty eight nil in the second half. There was plenty of chance to breathe. Uh, behind the goalposts and, and didn't stop. Uh, it, isn't it funny when a team does something different and they're winning, then everyone's like, you know, there's, some, there's something to that. Mm. They're do, we'll start doing that. Yeah. I guarantee you there would have been junior coaches in New Zealand in particular off the back of seeing the Warriors doing what they were doing early in the season, had their under-12s after 100%. they scored a try or gave up a try. Boys, get in a circle, in a huddle. Breathe. We're going to breathe at the same time. Somebody somewhere would have cotton on to that and said, we're going to do that too. Whether it was in Group 10 here in Australia or yeah. in New Zealand, wherever it might have been, somebody would have implemented that that little breathing technique. I've implemented it. I told my wife, take a breath. How's it going for you? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> I said, I got it from the Warriors, darling. It didn't work. didn't appease her. So, uh, no, St. George Illawarra and, you know, the Warriors. I, I, I don't know what to expect from from here on. I really don't. Well, it is the Warriors. And it's, yep. it's the end of the season, so you, you can be excused for not Was knowing it? what to expect. I want to jump over to two teams who are definitely title contenders. You called Melbourne Storm their victory. Before that, I called South Sydney's victory. I'll come to you about Melbourne. If I had a white flag, I'd be tempted to wave it and say, stop the fight. Does anyone beat Melbourne for the grand final this year? And, and further to that, can you believe that they are on top of the table and so well set without Cooper Cronk and without a standout regular replacement? It's Jerome Hughes at the moment, but he's hardly got a lock on the Melbourne number seven position. And here they are, favourites to win the comp without, without a lock in half. Mm. That's true, but he's been playing... Pretty well. Now, I, I, I think, you know, speaking of locking that number seven in, I think given what's happened in the last two or three weeks while he has been the halfback, I think he will be the halfback from, from, here, on. from here on until um, whatever, again, their last game is at some stage in September. And they look set to go deep once again after putting Canberra to the sword. Um, they were too good for them on Saturday night. They got penalties out of them. They got errors from them. A lot of that is forced. You know, you see Canberra make mistakes in play the balls or throwing awkward passes. That's just some of the pressure that Melbourne yeah. bring. Um, they're not. Some of them are unforced errors. Some of them aren't. Some of them are very much forced errors. They just do that to you. They've done that to teams for a, you know a bunch of years now. They've won eight games on the trot. I guess the, there was a few queries about their attack going into that game. Didn't score many points against the Warriors. Same thing against Manly. They put 50 on against the Dragons during that yeah. origin-affected game where they both clubs had a handful of players missing. I think they were looking for that sort of effort against Canberra on Saturday night, and they certainly got it. Old boys night, they're up for that. Lots of the old boys were there. Um, and it's great to see the clubs on old boys day, yeah. the reunion, and... You know, so many famous names. And Brett Kamali was very excited, very Brett excited Kamali. about his trip south. Premiership winner back in yep. 1999. Clive Churchill medalist. That's right, with the Melbourne Storm in that famous grand final against the Dragons. So they were up for that game, and they'll be up for this clash this week against the Rabbitohs as well. Um, are they the Premiership favourites right now? They're the defending Premiers, and they've won eight in a row. Mm. The Roosters have won, what is it, seven of their last eight. They are the two-form teams yeah. of the Premiership now. And if you're setting a market, I guess Melbourne is on top and the Roosters on the second line of betting. Um, I've got no, no qualms about that. But 
I'm wary about making too much of form lines against teams, you know, who are out of form, and the Raiders are winless against the top eight. That made it 0-8 for the Raiders this year against the top eight. So while Melbourne were very good, and I've got them as favourites at the moment, I want to see them more against the Bunnies this week. I think the Bunnies have been looking for this game themselves. As we mentioned, they might have been just treading water a little bit off the back of origin, and you know they'd done so much to get themselves into that position, winning so many games in a row before losing that one to the Tigers and then scraping home over the weekend against Parramatta. I think this is the game they need at the moment, and I think we'll see an improvement in South Sydney. So I think this game, this is a fantastic game this weekend on Friday night. I think this will tell us a lot more about the Rabbitohs. I think it'll tell us a bit more about Melbourne, but I'm pretty convinced I know what I'm going to see from Melbourne. Well, scan your list and tell me whether South and Melbourne have played yet this season. I called South beating Parramatta 26-20. Parramatta fighting really bravely. Jared Hayne was energised, bouncing up in all sorts of positions, named as a left winger uh, for only the second time this season. And he popped up at fullback at one stage. He was at one stage the uh, left centre, or sorry, left wing. He pe- appeared as right centre. He-, he just was everywhere. Scored a great try. And I thought, they're going to get home here, the Eels. But then South Sydney, four tries down the right. Now, we know they favour the left. Yep. Uh, more than half their tries come down the left, yet they score four of their five down the right mm-hmm. the other night. Dane Gagai getting his first double since 2015. Uh, Campbell Graham with a double as well. So it was nice to see the other side of the field get some love and they did what they had to do. I suppose good sides find a way to win, but I'm with you. It wasn't the sort of South performance we have seen at other stages this season, but they did enough and they look up now and see that's the game we've really been waiting for, the Melbourne Storm. What a beauty Friday night. I like your line uh, with the, the no right turn sign at, yeah. at Redfern HQ because everything has been going down their left. Yeah. They've been easily the best uh, attacking team down the left-hand side in the NRL in 2018, but as you said, they scored so many tries in that second half down the right edge. They can do it on both sides of the field. Adam Reynolds, uh, when his kicking game is on and he's yeah, sharp funny. and he's taking the ball to the line, he is yeah. one of the best halfbacks in the comp. But, but no torpedo bombs the other night. I went there, I thought, this is going to be great. I can't wait to see them you know, spiralling up above ANZ Stadium. I can't remember one. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked, we had Josh Reynolds in the commentary box. Fantastic to have Josh along and, and a great insight into it. I said, you know, how much decision-making goes into when you are going to do it when you're not? And he indicated it was very much a feel for the game. Were you playing on the front foot? Did you feel confident in your game at the time? And it was a lot of... Um, Basically, he, he insinuated that he just didn't feel like Adam Reynolds was dominant enough or confident enough in this game right now to start unleashing these torpedo bombs, obviously knowing there is a greater risk with those kicks going yeah. awry than other ones. Potentially, if it goes wrong. But I was at yeah. Tigers training the day before they played the Bulldogs last Thursday morning, and Benji Marshall was putting on an exhibition with those spiralling torpedo kicks. Yeah. And when he hits them, they go forever. And they just seem to, uh, the hang time is ridiculous. Like yeah. Seriously, he could get a job punting in an NFL <laughs> team that. beyond his career, given how long they stay in the air at times. Both he and Adam Reynolds yeah. are tr- tremendous kickers of the football, but there is a risk game situation under the pressure. If you get it wrong, you shake one out on the full, yeah. and suddenly the game turns perhaps on that mistake. So I understand why it isn't as easy, quite obviously, yeah. to do it in the game as it is on the training paddock. But and Especially in a tight game like that, I suppose, with Parramatta yeah. on top for a lot of it. Uh, but maybe we'll get to see it against the Storm. Uh, well, why not? I mean, test out both Adokar. I mean, I, I want the ball in the air as long as possible when I'm kicking it to Josh Adokar and yeah. also Suliasi Vunavali, yeah. who's 
a very good catcher. They're both good catchers of the ball, but I want my defensive line down there on top of them. I don't want to just want... Too many times, I think, in the NRL, we see teams and halfbacks, you get to the end of the set and you're 40 metres out and you go, well, we've had our five tackles, now it's their turn. And you just, they lob that kick in towards the corner. It's not going out. It's not putting them under pressure. It's not letting your defence get down there and arrive at the same time as the ball. I would, I would kick in the end, if it's just a more regulation end-over-end kick, like they do in the NFL, yeah. to try and make sure that the you know, defence is down there arriving at the same time as the ball. And I think the Rabbitohs, you know, limiting what Ado Carr and Vunavalu do this week on those kick returns, and, of course, B. Slater, limiting what they can do on yeah. kick returns, will be a big factor in deciding the outcome yeah. of that game. So it will be important for that one. Um, while we're talking about it, give me your tip. Uh, I would go towards Melbourne um, just because they are off a big, thumping, impressive win, highlighting all their stars. South Sydney off a win, but a tighter one where perhaps we wanted just a little bit more from the likes of Adam Reynolds and, and, and a few other players. A couple, couple of barnstorming runs from Angus Crichton where he beat five or six. So, look, the signs are, are there. And it, what, I'm, I don't know why I'm not more excited about South's performance, so, but, but there's just something there in comparison with Melbourne's most recent win that makes me think if you look at recent form, last start, you'd be leaning towards the Storm. You? Uh, yeah, I'm going to stay with the Melbourne Storm because, you know, last impressions are pretty fresh and, and they make a powerful impression on you. And, you know, the Storm were very good against the Raiders. Mm. Billy didn't play the last 15 minutes of the game. Cameron Smith sat down for the last seven or eight minutes of the game. That's nice to be able to give those guys a bit of a rest. Just a little bit of an early mark there. They'll be slightly fresher perhaps for that. Um, you know, an emotional game on Saturday night. As we said, with all the old boys there, maybe, the, you know, hopefully I, they don't have too many, you know, letdowns off the back of wins, do they? They seem to be able to just keep on performing. And Cameron Munster was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, just how tough he plays and what he brings to that team in attack and also in defence. But he's just one of those players. You just put him out there and he could play anywhere on the field and do an equally good job. If he said, you said to me, mate, I need you to play 10 minutes... 20 minutes in the front row for me here. We're out of front row as he'd go, no dramas. Let's just go. Yeah, well, he, he'd do a job. In the space of how many years, he, he'll be the best player in the league, will he, in a few years? One, two years? Why, possibly. I can't Smith see will retire. Be. I'm just trying to, Jonathan Thurston will retire. Will, will Cam Munster be the number one NRL product? Munster, Ponga, Mitchell. Ponga. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty exciting time, yeah. isn't it? We, we are hashtag reasons to be cheerful. There are lots of reasons to be cheerful in the NRL in 2018. <clears throat> Um, and just back to your first point about South and Melbourne. Now, this is their first meeting okay. in the minor premiership okay. and, their, and their only meeting in the minor premiership, um, obviously, depending on where they finish. And they might have Bush Ranger Rusty there to cheer them on again. It's got a good one going. Yeah, is yeah. Reprising, did he play um, Moses at yeah, that point? Yeah, he did. But this is, uh, I read about it in Sydney Confidential, was, what's apparently. The, what's the go with the beard? He's making a movie set in the mid-1800s where he is the mentor slash advisor to a young Ned Kelly. So he plays a wow. role uh, where... So he's, a, he's an 1800s sports psychologist. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So he is telling Ned how to be the bush ranger he get a good Get a good early touch. <laughs> yes. You know, make, your, make your best, your first ever... Get a shot away effort. early. Yeah, yeah. Take the bloke on front of the stagecoach. <laughs> then you take the one guarding the money. And then if, you have if a crack. You, if you make a mistake, don't let it play in your mind. Just move That's past right. that. Focus on what's coming up next. We're in defence here. One set put of your headgear on. One set of six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just we're going to def- put your finger in the air. One set of six, boys. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Yeah. I made that mistake. Well, you know what? Mick Ennis bumped him in the lift. 
at ANZ Stadium and, and Ned Kelly. Uh, no, no, R. Crow. Yeah. And Rusty was uh, a little bit guarded, but told Mick that he was making a, a movie set in the mid 1800s. That was all we got. Oh, okay. And now I've seen now it's a it's a Bush Rangers movie where he's an advisor to Ned Kelly. He, you, uh, Rusty could have played Ned Kelly. Now, well, yeah. Ned was probably Ned was a youngish man. Yeah. When it was all happening and when he eventually met his demise. <laughs> Unfortunate end. Um, but he was only a young bloke, so I guess Rusty might have moved past that. But sure, mentor now? Is this a fictional character? No, was, there, was there actually no, no, a, I don't know. a mentor for was, Ned Kelly? This is a wrinkle it, on the Ned Kelly story that was, I'm unfamiliar with. It was a 6.30 browse on the flight back from the Gold Coast this morning. I was a bit bleary-eyed. I'm not a great... Uh, what's the word for it, movie buff or critique. So I just skimmed it once. I saw the photo of Rusty in the beard. Sure. I, I wanted to know what the explanation was. I got movie, Bush Ranger, 1800s, and I, I moved on. Right. I moved on. So Rusty probably <laughs> wanted to play Ned Kelly. I think it's a novel, from, it's a book of award. I don't know. I don't know. I'm making it up now. <laughs> well, so, uh, there'll be a book about it. Look, it's in here somewhere. It'll it's be, in here somewhere. It'll be James J. Braddock no, it's, it's a all book, over again. It's a There'll be a, the movie, a movie the book. adaption of a book. There'll be the game. You'll be able to play the game on your PlayStation 4. Yeah. You, you could be Rusty the psychologist talking to him like Yoda in the corner of the room before he goes out. Read all about it. Oh, there it is. Wow. Read all about Rusty's it. Rusty's gig just a whisker away. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Okay. Well, I'll read that afterwards. I won't, I won't bore everybody with the details now, but you can go to news.com.au and find out more about that in, what is it, Sydney Confidential? Harry, he plays Harry Power. Uh, Peter Carey's Booker Prize-winning novel, The True History of the Kelly Gang. That explains Rusty's beard. So if you see Russell Crowe at South v Melbourne Storm and wonder about the dishevelled homeless man look, he's actually getting ready for that movie. He hasn't been sleeping just outside Wynyard Station. <laughs> he's no. been getting ready for another role. Just, just outside Redfern Oval. Speaking of role-playing and filling roles in 2019 or 2020... I want to take you to what happened at the end of last week. Speaking of being a Tigers training, um, before they trained in their captain's run, which was a fairly brief hit out, having had a, a heavy go at it in training the day before. That was their major session of the week on the Wednesday before they played the Bulldogs on the Friday. Ivan Cleary comes out before the training session with the assembled media there. There were plenty of cameras there on um, Thursday morning as well and journos. Um, to hear what Ivan had to say ahead of that game against the Bulldogs, given it was a big game, quite obviously, for the Tigers, and they played pretty ordinary, as it turns out. And I'm wondering if part of the reason they played, they weren't at their best, and maybe Luke Brooks wasn't at his best, was the, the storyline that came out of that presser, which sort of dominated the Tigers' um, chat in the lead-up to the game, and then maybe beyond it as well, given how they played, that Ivan made no bones about the fact that he would like to coach his son, Nathan, that's understandable, at some stage in the short to mid-term future and then what that meant for Luke Brooks and that question was asked and he said Luke Brooks knows exactly where we stand in this situation. Now Luke Brooks, he didn't expand really on that. Luke Brooks may have been told that, mate, you are in our future. We see you being here ongoing um, but, and that may well be as a halves partner to Nathan Cleary for who knows how long. Maybe that wasn't the story. Maybe he was just told, you're playing well, keep doing what you're doing and the future will look after itself, no matter who's here and no matter who may well be in, in competition for you, with you for the number seven jumper. But when that plays out on Thursday morning, the Tigers come out, they play flat, their attack was ordinary and Luke Brooks has one of his worst games of the season. 
they didn't build any pressure on the Bulldogs. And one of the reasons was Luke Brooks couldn't, you know, probably had four kicks, those short grubbers, intended for the in-goal area, which didn't get through the line. It was a cheap turnover over for the Bulldogs, 10 out, 15 out from their own line. When he comes up and has that sort of performance, you can only wonder as to what this storyline now of Nathan joining Ivan, whether it's at the Tigers or you know, the storyline goes that they may well link up at the Broncos. It might be Ivan Cleary who succeeds at some stage, Wayne Bennett, as the, as the coach of the Broncos. Um, for whatever reason, it, this is a storyline now that is there and won't go away until the Tigers play their last game of the season. And in reality, their contention for the top eight, well, you know, I know the Warriors lost yesterday to the, the Gold Coast Titans, but the Tigers are still two clear wins outside the top eight with five games to go. And in the weeks ahead, this week, they play the Newcastle Knights on the road, they play the Canberra Raiders on the road, who will put 50 on the Tigers just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Because no matter how badly Canberra are going, they'll put 50 on the Tigers just for fun. Because they just, just do it. Just the way it works out. Then the Tigers finish with the Dragons, the Seagulls and the Rabbitohs. We were talking before we started rolling on the podcast. And you said, I can see the Tigers winning two or three of those. I can see the Tigers winning none of those. Okay. Potentially. Okay. And if that's the case, now if they only, let's say they win one or two of their final five and they miss the top eight by four or so games, eight points or so mm. on, the, on the ladder... What does that say about the Tigers? What, what does that say about their organisation? Because going back to the end of 2016, the last full season Jason Taylor had in charge of the Tigers, they finished in ninth position and they missed playing in the finals by one premiership point. The Titans got in because they had a draw during the season yep. and one less loss than the Tigers. The Tigers were 11 wins and 13 losses at the end of the minor premiership in 2016. They come out and they win their first game in 2017. They then lose their next two. The third of those was a thrashing again at the hands of the Raiders and the club parts company with Jason Taylor. Eventually, Ivan Cleary, now he's in his first full season, quite obviously, as the coach. But here they are. Have they wasted, have they wasted two seasons, the Tigers? Had they kept Jason Taylor as the coach and got beyond the point where they were embarrassed as a club embarrassed as a board by what happened in round three last year against the Canberra Raiders and they went down there and they got thrashed and the club said, well, that, that's it. That's, that's a bridge too far for us. Jason Taylor is gone. And they sacked him within hours, literally, of that loss to the Canberra Raiders. If they keep Jason Taylor through 2017 and now 2018, when Jason Taylor would have had the salary cap to work with that he was building towards. And Robbie Farrow, you know, part of the company, of course, in 2016 with the Tigers to go to the Rabbitohs. That was all part of a plan with the board. Now, Robbie's back. And it, you know, it's a nice story that Robbie is back to see out his career with the Tigers. But if Jason Taylor has that squad and can mould it in his shape through 2017 and now sign the players that he would have liked to sign for 2018, and they've signed plenty, mm. haven't they? Mm. Packer, yeah, Madalino, yeah. Mbai, mm. Reynolds. You can keep going. Had he had that team, would they be any worse than they are now or would they be better? They couldn't be any worse, could they? Oh, I've said to you before, was I feel sorry for Jason Taylor. I felt that circumstances conspired against him. But I can hear Tigers head office as they listen to this podcast saying, hang on, 
We're not only going to win two of our last five games, we're going to win all five. And I guarantee you in the call that I'm in charge of on uh, Friday night, if they are leading Newcastle, we'll be putting up the live ladder. And I'll be saying, there are West Tigers. Tigers fans, you are within a win at this point of the Warriors in eighth spot. Now, I'm with you. I think the Warriors run home and the Tigers run home will be enough for the Warriors to make the top eight. And incidentally, the Warriors and the Tigers are the two clubs on the longest current finals drought. They haven't been there since 2011. Every other club has. So one of those two teams is going to end the drought and the other is going to be left with sole ownership of the longest current finals drought. They're playing on the road this week against the Newcastle Knights. Let's give a tip in that game. I'm going to say the Knights at home will beat the West Tigers. Uh, the, the Tigers have won two games on the road all season. I can't see them beating the Knights up there at McDonald Jones Stadium. Yeah, Mitchell Pearce and Kalen Ponga on board. And Lachlan Fitzgibbon, hasn't he become a, a try-scoring back rower? And he will enjoy running off the likes of... Hashtag? Yeah, hashtag, uh, reasons to be cheerful. Lachlan Fitzgibbon, I- I'm with you. At, at Newcastle, where they get a good crowd regard. They couldn't have not won 20 games in a row. There'll still be 15,000 plus there. I'm sure 6 o'clock Friday, that they will. it'll be a good crowd and Newcastle will win, and Tigers will say, wow, there's another one with that get away. I, you know, <laughs> I, I seriously, I don't, I mean, especially, I mean, they beat the Dragons, and they beat the Rabbitohs in back-to-back weeks. With everything to play for, what happened on Friday night? Was it, was it, was it the effort of beating those two teams? They beat Melbourne twice. Too much for them, but, yeah, but, but recently... Yeah, you I beat, know. You, in consecutive so weeks, beat the team who at that stage was on top South. of the ladder, yeah. and then come out, and they were listless. The attack was anemic mm. against the Bulldogs. I mean, the Bulldogs. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the Panthers or the Roosters or the Storm. It was the Bulldogs. Lachlan Lewis, you know, hashtag reasons as, to be cheerful. And the Bulldogs have been really game and played some pretty good footy relative to where they are and relative to their salary cap situation and their roster at the moment. they played some good footy in the past mm. four or five weeks. Should have beaten the Canberra Raiders at home. Coughed up that one. But in reality... They're in the bottom of the ladder for a reason. And the Tigers, with everything to play for, came out and were just yeah. as ordinary as they were. Undoubtedly the most disappointing performance of the weekend. It was. and well, I know Canberra would say we'll Unfortunately for the Tigers, that, that sort of performance isn't too far below the skin, is it? Yeah, no, no. And that's, that's, that's why I'm leaning towards Newcastle in that one. You know? So I'm going to say the Knights to win in that one. While we're talking about the games ahead, let's look at the rest of the games this weekend. Dogs versus Broncos. Who do you like in that? The Broncos at home. Oh, sorry, on the road. No, I'm doing Brisbane. this one at uh, ANZ Stadium. Br- Brisbane was, surely. Yep, you, would, you would think so. They've got it going a little bit. And uh, Jermaine Asako, yeah. Rookie of the Year. There are a few contenders. Oh, there's, boy, there's, oh, I've got to study exactly the, the you know, qualification eligibility. Well, it used to be had, if you played... Not more than three games over the last yeah, two seasons. Yes, right. If you'd played three games and no more in the in the season prior to your yeah. first full season, yes. then you were still eligible. If you played four games and you were ineligible, yeah. I'm not sure where it stands. But there's a good right batch. Now. There is a good batch. Um, Kalen Ponga not eligible, uh, mm-hmm. despite a few people throwing him in the mix. Yep. But anyway, so, yeah, Brisbane to beat Canterbury. Uh, I've got Knights beating the Tigers. We spoke about the Rabbitohs and the Storm. We spoke about the Dragons and the Warriors. What about Eels and Titans? You're calling this one? Yeah, Eels. I've circled Parramatta, um, even though I watched the Gold Coast so impressively yesterday. But uh, Reed Marnie has to fill in for Kayser Pritchard. Um, and I like Reed Marnie. 
but and I also like Kayser Pritchard's toughness to stay on the field with that shoulder gone, and now he's out for the season. Uh, look, Gold Coast are travelling. I'll tip Parramatta, but not with a lot of confidence. Not with a lot of confidence. Was what about you? No, I'm going to say the Titans. Yeah, I can understand. Uh, Eels, at, that. Eels at home, you know. Given and you know, Jared Hayne. You mentioned Jared Hayne. It's amazing what a bit of motivation will do. Yeah. He's four or five kilograms lighter than he was, and you can see that. You look at Jared Hayne, you yeah. go, he looks fit. Yeah, he looks fit for the first time in 28. Yeah. Why did it take until now for the? You know, well, his diet has improved by all reports. Yeah, well, his attitude, the training is good. He's and doing the cynics will say the, the nearing end of the contract well, has helped. But, but anyway... Yeah. Uh, one I, plus one sometimes does equal two. I stood beside Daryl Halligan and we looked across the Gold Coast lineup yesterday and Daryl Halligan said to me, they're a good team. They're a good team. And, and you look across and you look at the players in the jumps. They are. They are. And they've got Tyrone Peachy coming, Shannon Boyd coming, and you look at their run home and you think they're going to take a few more big scalps, I reckon, before yeah, the yeah. season is done. So you'd think with that argument I'd be leaning towards Gold Coast this weekend. I, I just feel that, that the Eels are close and, and Brad Arthur will get a win. Okay, and then moving on, the Roosters and the Cowboys, this one at Allianz Stadium, the uh, third of the three games on Super Saturday. Well, how many points do the Roosters score here? Uh, probably quite a few because, <laughs> you know, while well, the Cowboys found a way to come back and, and upset the Knights um, in round 20, um, I think the Roosters will... Luke Keary is an issue, quite obviously, yeah. um, and we're still waiting as we record the show right now um, for reports on Luke Keary as to the severity of that uh, hopefully just a medial ligament injury. They were very, very confident that there was nothing more sinister in regards to an ACL or anything uh, posterior. I think they were just pretty happy it might have been one of those, you know, two or three week maybe medial ligament injuries and no more. So he won't be there. But I think given what they've done recently and, and the points they can suddenly score, um, it's clicking for them. Cooper yeah. Cronk is and Tedesco are combining nicely. And, you know, the Cowboys, um, while they did come from behind and, and grab that win at home, I don't see them matching the Roosters in this one. I wonder whether we'll see another try from Jonathan Thurston. He scored in the weekend just gone, and fittingly, it was, it was a great try. If that was the last one in the NRL, it would be good. And I was asking myself watching, I wonder if that's the last. And, and you know what? Looking at his try hauls in past seasons, it very well could have been. Yeah, yeah. And if it's his last at home in a fashion like that, I'd be happy with it. Yep. Well, I'm calling one of their games up there in, uh, in the weeks ahead, so I'll have that in mind uh, because you just never know. Mm. Um, one, of, one of them will be the last try that JT ever scores in the NRL, quite obviously, given he only now has five games remaining. The Sharks and the Seals, the first of the two games on the Sunday ticket live on Fox League. Um, the Sharks will win this one. Boy. Great rivalry, but Cronulla win. Yep. And the Panthers and the Raiders, they rounded out... Um, mm, tricky, yeah. An important game for the Panthers. They need to show something. It's still five weeks out from the final, so it's not do or die quite obviously for them as far as a top two position or a top four position. It's so close in the top eight that anyone could still you know, potentially finish in the top two. Um, the Raiders, you got the impression against the Melbourne Storm the other night that all the drama, all the controversy just sucked the life out of them. And while they steadied during the first half after being blitzed early on by the Melbourne Storm, they couldn't go on with it in the second half. They know their fate. They're not going to play in this year's finals. And motivation for them might be hard to come by. Motivation for Canberra might be the bus trip home was where Ricky, (laughs) if they can go to Penrith and upstage the Panthers, Ricky would make it Ricky's magical mystery tour on the right home. Frequenting, I suspect, plenty of watering holes. There's their motivation. I I can sniff an upset in this one, but I'm not going to tip it. (laughs) Penrith. Penrith. I'm I'm like you. I'm going to (laughs) say the Panthers will get the job done at home. Would you like them to rest uh, Jimmy Maloney? 
Uh, you know, he's, 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 he's carrying yeah. a number of niggles. He, yeah, he's bashed up and he's yeah. playing tired. At some stage, right now is the perfect time. You've got I, back up there. Yep, yep. I, I would have him out until he's 100% yeah. fit. I don't want him playing with even an, an ingrown toenail or, yeah. you know... Uh, a boil, there's been boils floating around the camp or something, yeah. hasn't there? Or, uh, that was, was Parramatta. 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 Yeah. They had the infection disease unit oh, come and that. swab them all. Wouldn't that be nice? And South, I was nervous going to the ground. Really? Well, uh, didn't, but, didn't want to shake hands with <laughs> no, anybody. I didn't. But I thought Penrith got to tackle them. But they'd all been cleared, so it's all good. Okay. But uh, yeah, Penrith, if they can rest Jimmy Maloney... I, I, I would. Imagine, he's probably saying, no, nah, coach, I'm playing. But... Maybe yeah. Anthony Griffin it's needs to say. Pretty good impersonation. Not a bad Jimmy Maloney, you do. <laughs> yeah. How's your barbecue work? Yeah, good, good actually. Um, I, I've been known to. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm playing and I'm punting. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, if I'm yeah, Anthony Griffin, um, no matter what's happening in, up there at Penrith, I'm going to say, Jimmy, you've got a week off. You've got maybe two weeks off. You've got, if it needs three weeks off, you have three weeks off. You've got Tyrone mm. May there. Of course, Jerome Luai won't be available, but. You've got you've got replacements. You've got guys who can fill that hole. Yeah, let's freshen him up and get him ready for the Elevate. big games ahead. Yeah. Because at some you know, you've either got to win three or you've got to win four in September. So that's right. It's you know you, it doesn't matter where you know if you're good if you, if you think you're good enough, then you're good enough to win three or four in a row. That's what you have to do. Well, that's what you have to do. But if you if you limp into the finals because you've been playing guys who haven't been quite right, and then you get you're out in the first week or you, you know, you're out in straight sets two mm. two weeks straight and you're done. Um, then you look back and you go, you know what, we couldn't have done any worse than what we've done. We should have rested him and, and seen if we could freshen yeah. him up and get him right for the final. He looked like a car crash victim at Manly. Oh, he he looks like he's spent. <laughs> he looks like he's been just walked off the set from Saving Private Ryan. Yes, he does. Every week. Yes, he does. He's, he's bleeding. We love him. He's we bleeding him. from somewhere on his melon <laughs> yes. at the end of every game. He's he's he's, he's almost entire yeah. face is just nothing but scar tissue. <laughs> yeah. he, he has earned his money. He's taken the baton. You know Pete what? And I'm sure fans look at the you know the, the money these blokes earn and say, oh, these blokes aren't. They? How good yeah. would it be to earn six hundred thousand dollars or more or whatever it is for? You know, playing the game you love, I'd play it for nothing. Yeah. Until somebody runs over the top of Until you. Junior Paulo runs over you. Don't recognise yourself in the mirror the next morning. Well, a Papali. bit like Mitchell Pearce on the set yesterday of the Sunday ticket. What he, happened was he looks like Freddy Krueger attacked him. He right. looked like Freddy Krueger was doing his hair. Right. And, and maybe that's what we need to get Gareth Williams' haircut by Freddy Krueger. <laughs> do a good Mitchell, job. Mitchell's got zippers everywhere. Yeah, right. Well, I didn't. I, I heard the Sunday ticket, but given I was away, I only. Yeah. Uh, he did well. See. Mitch did well to back up and um, front up for the Sunday ticket, given that he had some fair sewing work done on his face. I can't wait until 2.30 Saturday was when they take the first shot of Gareth Widdop. <laughs> I can't wait. The first person I'm going to think of is W. Smith. Gareth, if Good you've got... Afternoon. If you've got... If she still has blonde hair on Saturday when they run out, Gareth, you'll be able to take me now because I'll have seen it all.